right, family and friends, it's your boy John here again with another word for the Kingdom Exploits podcast. Uh, I just want to apologize for the sound of these videos. I do not have the proper setting and time for me to do these videos in a place that I can control the sound better but I'm working on it. So those of few of you that watch my videos anyway, uh, please hang in there with me. I, I want to provide value. I want to be led by the spirit as I choose my subjects, as I pursue what I believe God has called me to pursue in every season of my life. Um, but at this point, the sound is kind of tricky because I'm doing these videos as I go, and it's hard for me to do with a full-time job, a family, a toddler, and, a, and, a, and a, an infant at home, and a wife, and a full-time job, blah, 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 on and on it goes. But I believe this is that important that I still should keep uh, uh, pushing content out there um, that might help somebody. If I can help even one person, if I can inspire, encourage even one person, I'm here for it. I, I will spend the time. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to go viral. It would be nice to get a lot of views and subscribers. Um, uh, but the goal is to put something out there because if I can inspire at least one person, I would have done my job. to continue as promised i'm going to talk about the the other uh, number one line of reasoning that causes people to to choose to send their kids to public school and as you remember in my previous video i spoke about um the salt and light argument i used the paper that i found on the uh nehemiah institute the paper was talking about uh, the, the idea of salt and light and a city on a hill, uh, as Jesus talked about in, uh, I believe, the, ser the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and the point of that video was to, to, to make an argument that if we are to be salt and light in our communities, if we are to be... Um, a city on a hill, we, we cannot go to the world for education. Okay, we, we as Christians understand that as humans, we have a cultural mandate. And as Christians, uh, redeemed, the redeemed of the Lord, the called out ones, we're supposed to, at the very least, not be educated by those from whom we've been called out of. So remember the church, Ecclesia, is the called out ones. We have been called out from the world to be separate, to be holy. And yes, in order for us to evangelize the world, in order for us to preach the gospel, in order for us to advance the kingdom of God by, by making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. 
but we're not going to be able to do that at least effectively um, for a long time, long term, right? If we're going to those who are blind to educate us. Now, sure, the world has a lot of useful knowledge. So we're not dismissing that. The world has a, a, a lot of useful knowledge, um, but their foundation is flawed. And we have to care as Christians about foundation because the Bible also talks, talks about a, a house built on sand. You can have all this knowledge, but it's, if it's, it's a house built on sand, it will not stand. So a lot of Christians will say, well, I will educate and disciple my children um, the things of God and the Bible at home, okay? But I want them to go into the schools and get the rest of discipleship from that. They don't look at it that way. They don't look at what the kids get in school as discipleship, which is my goal, my mission, and many of us who are advocating my position, our mission is to remind people that you're sending your kids to the school to be disciples. Okay, I, 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 going back on, on the message from Vody Backham, uh, he was talking about this very exact thing when he mentioned Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. This is the New Testament version of Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. The, the, the New Testament version of that is right here in front of you. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. It's simple. It, it makes sense. Whoever's your teacher is your discipler. You cannot separate education and discipleship. Whoever is educating our children is discipling our children, which means whoever educates the majority of children is discipling the majority of children. And if the pupil is not above his teacher, and if everyone will ultimately be like his teacher, you see the power of education. The teacher in the school is training your kids in the way your kids should go. The, the Bible has charged that with parents, with Christian communities, okay? Because sometimes the parent cannot do uh, the whole thing. They have to rely on the community, but they have to rely on a community with whom they share the same goal from the same worldview. I believe the people in the school even the Christians that are in the public school, they are pushing, at best, confusion. So, today then, again, we're talking about the salt and light argument. They send their kids into the school because they want their kids to be salt and light. The previous video, again, go look it up. It points out that that's a flawed way of understanding the whole concept of salt and light. It's a flawed way of understanding the whole concept of uh, a city on a hill because you're not a city on a hill if you're going to get educated and formed and, and equipped by the world from a worldly perspective. 
and be expected to turn on the world. It, it is a flaw view. Now, if a kid had been trained from K through 12 from a Christian perspective, they have their, their worldview foundation nice and rooted, maybe it's okay to send them to a secular school for college, if, especially if it's a specialized kind of degree that you don't have in, in Christian colleges, in colleges that are operating from the same worldview. That might be excusable. But sending kids to secular school from K through 12 is a big mistake in my view. And this is something that the church has to begin to appreciate and talk about a lot more. Let me stop here before I continue in my subject to talk about why I always ask pastors to speak out on important issues. And yes, some of the issues I'm asking pastors to speak out on are controversial issues, the, the, the sensitive issues that sure pastors have to be careful, they have to be loving and, and charitable as they speak, you know, wise. Um, but they have to speak on it nonetheless. You can't not speak on it. That's not wisdom. Um, unless the Holy Spirit has specifically directed you, don't speak on this in this season. But most people won't say that. Most people will just decide that this is the wise thing to do, which is usually just fear. But why do I always call on pastors to speak? I call on pastors to speak up because... This is one of the few ways that Christians, parents, young adults, just Christians in general, can be communicated to about things that matter. Now, I'm not talking about telling people to go vote Republican or Democrat. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about straight up important issues that are clearly addressed and, 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 and spoken to from the scriptures that the world is openly and aggressively flipping on its head. In other words, the world has decided to call evil good and good evil. Hollywood has the biggest microphones and its own preachers and evangelists. Someone from our side has to counter that. And me, John Rushemezer, sure I graduated from Bible school, but I'm not a pastor. I don't have that kind of influence. I don't have the influence that a pastor has. A pastor, every pastor in every community has a lot more influence, especially on Sunday morning, a lot more influence than Hollywood, than MSNBC, than all these, all these other entities. So, because there's many pastors standing in front of thousands every Sunday. This is our strength. So we have to use it to the fullest extent. Sure, lovingly and, and wise and carefully, but we have to go there because we have no choice. The world has gone there. And so I'm talking about education, but this is something I feel I need to do a separate video on. Because people always look at me and say, well, John, why are you always calling out Christians? Why are you always calling out pastors? Don't you see they're doing a lot? 
And I appreciate that the pastors are out doing a whole lot more than they get credit for. And they're not doing it for credit, but, but, but sometimes it feels good to be acknowledged. So I acknowledge pastors. I'm thankful for the pastors that I know because I see it. I see them at work every day. I have had the privilege of doing life with pastors in real life, day to day. I have my, my grandfather was a pastor. I know what pastors go through. But I also know that sometimes pastors, especially American pastors, take the comfort route, okay? They take the appeasement route, the pacifist route. And I believe that's a wrong route because who else is going to speak for us? Who else is going to inform our people? I mean... Who? Now you've left this to podcasters and conservative uh, pundits like Ben Shapiro and all these people. Some of them, sure, they're Christians, but a lot of them cannot be trusted theologically. The only person that can truly be trusted is my pastor because I already trust them. I go to their church. So they, I need them to speak to certain issues. To, to, to confront the enemy. The reason I'm passionate about this, these subjects that I'm talking about, the reason why I think pastors need to be the ones doing what I'm doing right here is because this is that much of an important subject. It's because I believe that, sure, we can go to the school boards and fight the libraries and ask for them to remove certain books. Great. But if you're doing that so you can keep your kids in that school, you've missed the whole point. You've missed the whole point. Because that school is operating from a false worldview, from a, 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 an anti, a worldview that is antithetical to our Christian faith, a worldview that is sure to lead people astray eventually. And this is by design. This is by design. So people usually give the argument, well, you know what? I went to public school. Nothing happened to me. I, I turned out well. Sure, there's a lot of problems there. But I went there. I came out because my parents make, made sure at home they were on me. They made sure I, I, I understood my Bible. I understood my, my Christian worldview. So I'll just do the same for my children. Back in the day, okay, this may have been excusable. Again, you'd have to go back at this point at least a hundred years ago. And at that point, that argument made sense. And just because your parents made that argument does not mean you should make the same argument. Progressives Okay. in their intentional, calculated desire to secularize society, took over education, took over teachers' colleges, took over key positions in the government, specifically took over curriculums, took over certain entities like, 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 
the teachers associations, NEA, for example, for the express purpose of secularizing Amer American culture. And at this point, just the whole world. Secularizing. Do you understand what that means for a country like the United States? The United States was a country put together by Christians, primarily. So the laws and everything that was set up, even the U.S. Constitution, was inspired greatly by the Bible and just a Judeo-Christian philosophy, a Protestant philosophy, inspired by the Protestant Reformation. Most people are coming to America to start this new project here in America, escaping persecution in Europe because they are Protestants. So they're coming here to set up a certain type of a government. At some point, other philosophies, in this case, progressivism, comes in and say, well, if we are to progress, we have to progress away from Christianity and Christian ethics. Again, the quote from Nelson Mandela, it's attributed to Nelson Mandela, is that education is the most powerful weapon that you can use to change the world. So, progressives said, let's take over education to secularize society. Take it away from a, a, a majority Christian society to a secular society. That way, even, even the people that still claim to be Christian, that are nominal Christians, are just a bunch of confused people. And we've all, I've already shown the numbers in one of my worldview inventory videos. Most people who say they're Christians in America are just confused. They don't know what they're talking about. You only have like 6% six, 6 of those who claim to be Christian, only 6% of them are truly Christians in the sense that they live consistent to the Christian worldview. But how did they do this? How did they do this? Okay. I'm reading a book here called, it looks like it's backwards in the video, it's called Battle for the American Mind, okay, uprooting a century of miseducation. Pete Hegseth, he's a Fox News person, and David Goodwin, he's a, a classical Christian education purpose uh, person. In their first chapter, our COVID-1619 moment, he says this, you drop your son off at high school, let's say Leodis V. McDaniel, high school in Portland, Oregon. He walks through the security, the bells ring, and he walks into the first period. The class says, Pledge of Allegiance. Throughout the day, as the bell rings, he moves between classes, seven periods in total. He studies modern literature, social studies, Spanish, and computer programming, among, among other uh, subjects. In each class, the teacher has been there for many years, and emphasizes the process of learning is most important, not obsessing over grades. Okay. Your average Christian parent and pastor will say, well, this is why we're primarily sending our kids to, to these schools, because so they can learn these things, so they can learn to be a certain type of citizen. Uh, these guys continue. Sounds pretty standard, right? 
they ask. It's very similar to how I, Pete Hexel, went to high school. It's probably similar to how you went to high school, whoever is listening here. Bells ringing, Pledge of Allegiance, seven class periods, social studies, experienced teachers, and the latest te teaching techniques. What if I told you that every aspect of what I just described is a product of progressive education? The bell, the pledge, class periods, subjects, the tenured teachers, the education philosophy, the name Leonardis V. McDaniel School, the school used to be named James Madison High School, but was changed in the fall of 2021 when people were changing. We have a school here in Lancaster City that was also changed in, during that fever. Yes, even the pledge, except for the undergrad portion, is an invention of progressives. He goes on to say, I am a product of progressive education and so are you. We all are, and we didn't know it. We have been for the better part of 100 years. What I've been tr trying to say earlier in the video is that for good, at least for 100 years, if you've been in the, in the school system, most, well, anybody that's watching this video definitely has, um, you have been educated from a progressive education perspective, which is a philosophy that is eventually incompatible with Christianity. And it's a philosophy that was implemented, the people, the philosophers, the proponents of this philosophy, the chief among them, John Dewey, implemented for the purpose of secularizing society. In other words, taking away society from the Christians, changing society, changing the world. The book continues. The experience I had that you likely had and that most Americans had, not just in high school, but also in middle school and elementary, is a direct result of a progressive plan. A plot, really. The changes we see on the surface, in the hallways, classrooms, and textbooks seem subtle and often harmless. They look like high school in America, but they came from somewhere else and for a reason. Why am I passionate about this is because the more I find out just kind of a sinister plot, again, I think it's a sinister plot for someone to look at a community, a society, and say these are Christians. These people have a Christian moral compass. I want to change that. I mean, is there any other explanation of the Antichrist, really? I think not. Because Christianity and, and the moral morality christian morality is a good is a good thing even the things that obviously as a christian even the things that the people on the other side that are crying oh my god oh my god you're taking my rights away it's for your own good so only the devil will sit back or inspire somebody to sit back and say go and change that change it to what and that's why I think every Christian, as soon as you find this out, 
You should do everything you can to shout from the rooftop for everyone to start taking their kids from these, these government schools. It's just the right thing to do because the kids are in there to eventually go a certain direction. And I, I, I don't see why you would set up this war intentionally in your own house. Where they're going to go hear this in the school and come home and then you're telling them this, which is opposing worldviews. You, you're going to war. You're, set, you're starting a war. You're, you're, it's an unnecessary war in the churches, in youth groups. The book continues. But you might say, didn't the outrage of a critical race theory being taught in Loudoun County, Virginia schools change the course of statewide election? Didn't voting parents remedy what was being taught? Not so fast. The progressives will have the last laugh because whether or not they teach CRT in the public school, the real damage was done more than a century ago. Progressives concealed a critical part of every school's curriculum back then, which led us to where we are today. Unless we undo the foundational damage, nothing we do in public schools will change our course towards tyranny and thought control. It might slow down a bit, but the course was already set and radical change is now needed. This is what I keep saying to people, you know, people always tell me, look, you know, look at this, this person is, is so fiery, showing, telling the school board off. The school board is not going to do anything. And it's not because some of them, because they don't want to, it's because they, they can't do anything, anything meaningful. They can do some things here and there so you can vote for them, but they're not going to be able to do anything that will affect any long-term change. The only thing that will do make a long-term impact is if we take the kids out of these schools and start our own institutions. There's a reason you don't send your kids to to the to a mosque for their kids. Uh, youth youth ministry at the at the mosque. You send them to a Christian church. That same line of reasoning should be <laughs> for the rest of education, the rest of discipleship. There's no way around that. So again, I'm not discouraging people from going to these school boards and fighting for running for school board. All these we're supposed to do. But if you're doing it so you can send your kids in those schools, you have missed the point. The only way I would think it's somewhat safe is if you would abolish the, nas the, the, the National Education Associations and all the other uh, uh, teachers' unions. And if you could abolish the federal education, uh, Department of Education, and even then, you'd have states like New York and California that will make sure, just like they did with the abortion thing, that they will make sure they have the most radical, progressive, leftist Department of Education in their state. So in those individual states, you would still have to 
have the same problems. And here in Pennsylvania, I don't even know what to say about Pennsylvania, but that's not a good solution. That's, that's a temporary, much more radical solution than the ones being proposed. But the actual radical solution that we Christians need to start thinking about, hard about, is starting even more Christian institutions that are affordable so Christians can send their kids to Christian schools. Schools that support their worldview. That's what the radical change that he's talking about. He goes on to say, until I took, undertook this project with David Goodwin, I had no idea. I had the sense that public and private K through 12 education was captured by progressive left, most likely a product of the uh, radical 1960s, but had no idea of the extent to which they had created an entire pipeline of American education. Again, I would argue that your average pastor that is not as intentionally researching this stuff, who's focused on what they believe to be the most important task, which preach the gospel, would live right there. They would think, well, yeah, sure, I think the schools are compromised, and probably because of what happened in the 60s, but they have no idea of the extent to which the progressives had created the entire pipeline of American education. He goes on to say, Pete Hexes, in fact, I've written two books on the fight for the future of America titled In the Arena and American Crusade. Both books, especially Crusade, had an emphasis on the importance of education. Both missed the mark badly. This book, this journey, result in and the result in mission is more important than both of the previous books combined. It's not even close. Okay, I'll stop there. Now, now let me just say, let me just say that um, this idea of education is important. And how do you know it's important? Because the enemies of God, and I'm talking about those who are not saved, the human, secular human, progressive secular humanists, see it that way. And they're right to see it that way. They're right to, to understand that if they want to change the world towards what they believe, they have to capture education. They have to capture kids from very young. And little by little, even the ones that are coming from Christian homes. And they understand this. Some of them have said it. That our project is much bigger, 16,000, 16,000 hours, much bigger and more aggressive than your one-hour youth night. Again, this is something that Vody Baca made a point on in, in that video I keep referencing to. And he mentioned the whole idea of 16,000 hours. From K through 12, children spend 14,000 seat hours in school. Let me say that again, 14 thousand seat hours in school most people are doing this because they themselves went to high school because they believe they have to socialize their kids and and get their kids exposed and and again the argument is hey i went to public school nothing happened to me i know the people in my public school the the, the principal goes to my church the, the 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 first grade the, the the fifth grade teacher they all go to our church they all sing on the worship team i know my high school in my community is safe 
and that's a lie. <laughs> the progressives want you and they hope you say that. But if the school is in any way connected to the Department of Education, if the school is in any way connected to the teachers' unions, you can go ahead and forget it. And, and, and you might say, well, you know, we live somewhere in the sticks, so our school is not, connect, not really officially connected to any of these. Trust me, they are coming for you. They're coming for you. And, and Obama did it with a common call where he tied a lot of money to the curriculum. So if you want this money, if you want to feed your kids for, for snacks and for life, if you want your kids to go to field trips, if you want this program, this football program, this, you're going to have to teach this stuff. You have to implement this, this, this curriculum. And the curriculum itself is an anti-God curriculum. And, and again, you can say, most people say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, my kids are doing their, their Bible study, that, well, I'm sorry to say, but you are sending your kids to be confused then. Because if you insist on sending your kids to public school as a Christian, at best, and this is to me, if, if parents are really on it, helping their kids every step of the way. Hey, I know your teacher said evolution and Darwinian theory, but no, we, it, it, you're just confusing your kids. That's it, confusion. Okay, that's it, I'm done. That's what I have for this video. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you, few of you that will see this video, if you see this video, please share. And if you've watched up to this far, you've listened up to this far, you're the best. But please share this message with somebody else. Um, please consider subscribing to my channel. Consider sharing my podcast. Consider uh, giving a review, five-star review. I, I don't have any reviews on my podcast. So it's not definitely not going anywhere. But again, my philosophy is if I can impact just one person, I'm good. So share this message with at least one person and we will continue to push. Pray for me. I, I believe I'm called to do this. So pray that I continue. Sometimes it's discouraging the numbers. I have to be honest, but it is what it is. I'm here for it until I, I, I believe and until I hear clearly God saying, okay, stop, that's it. He hasn't done that, so I'll keep going. All right? Peace out.